Penn State football and James Franklin aren't exactly major players in the transfer portal right now, but is that plan going to change in the future with the way that college football is trending? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Penn State fans? That is right. You are locked on at Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're not already, become an everydayer. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to say thank you to all of you. We are now up over 2,500 subscribers on YouTube, and that is all thanks to you for building this community here on Locked On Nittany Lions. We welcome him back. The recruiting expert, Brian Smith, is on here. And we're doing this a little earlier. Normally, these recruiting episodes go up on a Friday. Well, because the transfer portal is just always in motion, you never know when something could happen. So we got to discuss this, and we got to get it up in front of you to listen to watch so that we don't miss any news. And because it is a recruiting episode, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. At Make Every Moment More, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team simply wins, visit fanduel.com slash on to get started. Show Brian some love. He's the host of Locked On Knowles and is the publisher for all hurricanes. Check out those sites for your Miami, Florida digest, as well as Florida State, since they got an upcoming bowl game against the Georgia Bulldogs, even though it's not everyone's going to be playing. But Brian, Transfer Portal hasn't been kind to Penn State. I put out an episode explaining why they struggle, why they're not doing as well as teams would like them, or fans, I guess I should say, fans, spectators would like them to. And the bottom line is you can only bring in so many transfers as long as you have other players exiting. There's a finite amount of scholarships and not a lot of these players in the portal are just going to walk on. Look, Penn State kind of does things their own way and they're not going to offer a gazillion dollars to every guy that wants to walk in the door. And, you know, not everybody's going to be a star. So they're kind of like Georgia. You mentioned that a minute ago. Georgia's had a bunch of guys walk out the door. It's not, you know, it's not a, a Penn State problem. This is an every school has to manage their roster in the month of December problem. And then it'll yep. probably drag into January a little bit, depending on who shows up on your campus from the recruiting class. But I think it's it's kind of interesting with Penn State. They have a couple obvious needs. And there's another, for those that don't know, in April, I think it's the back half of April, there's another transfer portal. So they'll have a chance to address it as well. But I'm not surprised Penn State's, got more going out the door than they got coming in right now. That's usually how it goes with the big schools. Things funnel from the top on down. Well, and it's not even so much. You say that they have more exiting. Yes, that is true, but they've only had three players to this point. A backup yeah. punter, a third, fourth string wide receiver, son of uh, Donald Driver, Christian Driver That's is right. in the portal, doesn't have a home yet. Alex Paquetta, the punter, does. And then Jace Tutty, who was a walk-on defensive back. So it's not like Penn State is yeah. losing big-name players. And a lot of players where they have, okay, a lot of position needs that they have, they're all returning. I, I get it. Wide receiver is a position of need. Sure. But Keandre Lambert-Smith is set to return. 
Trey Wallace is set to return and play in this Peach Bowl, as it looks like. He's trending in the right direction by practicing. And then you think of players like Liam Clifford. Dante Cephas can come back with his COVID year of eligibility. So when you look at Penn State's roster, they're not losing an overwhelming amount of starters or key contributors. Yes, guys like Chop Robinson are going to the NFL, Curtis Jacobs, Theo Johnson, but Tyler Warren's set to return and be tight end number one. You have both your starting running backs coming back. There have been guys in line to take over for the likes of Olu Fashionu, right? In a, in a Drew Shelton yeah. who started his true freshman season because of the injuries to Fashionu. So that's why you look at Colorado, Brian, you look at Texas A&M, no. and it's like, well, they do so well in the transfer portal. Why can't Penn State? Because they turn and flip over their rosters because it's out of control. Penn State, in this case, I think it's a good thing that they have so much control over the maintenance of their roster. I think it's a big difference between what you just said in Penn State. Like Colorado just can't recruit the same level of high school kids across the board. Mm -hmm. And like Penn State, obviously transfer portals hit them a little, but it's more about, you know, opt out. You can't really replace Chop. I get that for the bowl game, but he gave you three good years. It is what it is. I think that Penn State's still in a lot better spot than other people think they are. That's the point. Uh, of course, Penn State fans won't be happy until they beat two schools, and we know who they are. We talked about it all year. But this is not going to be the immediate answer in the portal right now. It'll be the next one and the kids that are coming in in this recruiting class, and they did really well. So let's not too, worry too much about Penn State. And for the transfer portal, I liken it to free agency in the NFL. The teams, the teams that do well in the NFL, Brian, are the ones that build through the draft. The, the makeshift teams that you go and sign a player here, 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 and you try to combine them all together on a roster. Yes, what, what it does, what the transfer portal does, Brian, for the teams that really try to build through the portal, they have a new coach come in. Because it used to be, if you were a coach and before the transfer portal, you needed three, four, five years to really finally make a dent. Now you can go from a two and ten team to someone that's six and six, seven and five, maybe even better, right? We've seen teams really just totally change course. A, a Michigan State in the first season under Mel Tucker, but then look what happened, right? They played the transfer portal game. I, it, it's more like roulette. Transfer portal is roulette, and Penn State knows that, and that's why they build through high school football recruiting as opposed to going, well, let's get this random player and this random player. They don't rely on something that doesn't really guarantee results. And neither does high school football recruiting, but it is a little more reliable when you can get them in your program and develop them the way that you want to. I think having the year-to-year -year transition is the difference between winning for a year or two and the difference between having that decade mm -hmm. of dominance. Longevity, right? Yeah, absolutely. When I was growing up, Nobody had a more concise staff than Nebraska. Penn State wasn't far behind. What did they have in common? The 80s and 90s, they were both in major bowl games almost every year, and they both you know, won national titles, et cetera. Continuity on the staff helps you recruit better, and then everybody knows when somebody leaves, the next guy already knows the system. It's plug and play. You don't see as much of that now, and, it, and I'm sure a lot of coaches, it drives them nuts, but the portal's here. There, there is no going back to the Tom Osborne days, Joe Paterno. Those days are over. Yeah. But you still have more continuity at Penn State by a landslide than a lot of other programs. Now they need to get a couple elite level guys out of the pool. They don't need the numbers. It's mm -hmm. just about elite players. And then maybe you have like one hole a year. 
corner, maybe it's a D end. And obviously Penn state would always love to get another good receiver for this next year. But <laughs> until that guy comes out and it just, you know, waving his hand, there hasn't been a dominant receiver go in that is a fit for Penn state. There've been some good ones, but uh, the kid from uh, Evan Stewart, I don't think is coming to Penn state that that's no. not going to end up happening <laughs> no chance. So you have to find the right fit for your roster. If you try to build from within, which I completely and wholeheartedly agree with Franklin and his staff, the way they've done it is smart. That's why they're winning battles in Maryland, PA, New Jersey, mm-hmm. New York, for the most part, for high school kids. They've been loyal. It's hurt other programs that they've gone to the portal and some of their local kids are hitting the road and recruiting yep. because they're worried about getting stepped over. It's, it's a conundrum because sometimes you really need to at a program, but the kid looks at it individually. So Penn State, again, they're in a little bit better spot than uh, quite a few other schools. So let's discuss just that to finish up this segment, Brian, because you mentioned names like Evan Stewart, and then I think of, well, they missed out on Walter Nolan. There's always a need at defensive line. Why why aren't they in the running for a likes of Walter Nolan? Why is it Oregon and, and Ole Miss and maybe a USC? They did get Arnold Ebicady. They did get Chop Robinson. Remember, Chop Robinson was a high-profile transfer, and they were able to land him. You look at the wide receiver spot, though. Good, not great talent. Mitchell Tinsley coming from mm-hmm. group five w- was good enough. He he provided a solid impact, but he was never a game changer. And you could argue the same thing for Dante Cephas group five, not exactly a game changer at the power four level. Well, Julian Fleming, I think falls in that category as well, even though he's coming from Ohio state, he's not a, he, he can make plays. He can be a problem for defenses, but it's not, Defensive coordinators aren't up all night trying to game plan for him. So what what ultimately is your take on that? Is that Penn State never seems to even be in the running for that true bona fide star player at any position? Uh, I think it's partially what you're looking for for your unit and what you're trying to do within your locker room. Franklin's trying to build that way, in my opinion. And a lot of the guys that are high profile, they're coming with a big price tag. And I've heard this from coaches. My concern is, okay, yeah, so-and-so is a great player. Like Walter Nolan is a top five draft pick. I've seen him live up close and I've shook his hand. After I shook his hand, I didn't need much more. I'll leave it at that. And that's when he was in high school. But at the same time, how many kids in your locker room are going to be PO'd if that guy gets $100,000 or whatever it is? Some schools are a little more cautious about it. So I don't really think it's that big a deal because you're going to have more retention and more buy-in by going the route that Franklin is. I'm not saying the other way doesn't work, Mm -hmm. but it has a higher risk factor in my opinion. At some point, when does, will the standard ever break here? Because Penn state is certainly different from the rest of college football, because it's getting to a point of, if you can't beat them, join them. And I'm not saying that Penn state aligns with, you know, links up with the programs, but you almost have to do similar types of things. Will we ever see, I, I don't know that Penn State would stoop to that because it is a it's a low form of recruiting to just throw dollar signs at whatever player just to get them to visit, just to get them to sign Florida, allegedly, right? I have to preface that. But Florida offering money just to get players to sign to eat, to ultimately lose them at, at the end of the day. Is Penn State ever going to be in a position to have to do those types of things to get be competitive? in NIL and the transfer portal, or are they okay to do this? Can they still be somewhat successful with this standard, or do you think they'll ever have to do those kinds of things? Um, I mean, there's always an exception to the rule, but overall, I think Penn State's going to get the kind of kids they want. 
and they 80 percent of their roster will still be high school and junior college kids primarily high school so i again i just think if if unless there's something very specific in a given year they're just going after elite kids that aren't looking to yep. break up the locker room they might take a chance on a quarterback at some point if there was a fit that's different you're going to have to pay quarterbacks out of the portal that's pretty well established but i think that they'll be okay for the most part um it's just you got to know your locker room, man. Every year it's a little different. And if you think it's going to disrupt it or it's going to cause somebody to transfer, that's the future for three years after that at running back quarterback, whatever it may be, that's a big risk. So I'm a little more conservative in my judgment. I, I align more to more with Franklin than some other schools, but yeah. like, you know, Ole Miss is going all in on this next season. They're going to have a senior quarterback, yeah. etc. Wayne's trying to make a run and he, I, you know, that may corrode after next year. That's, that's the problem. Yeah, I actually just got finished with the Locked On crossover and talked to Locked On Ole Miss, and they, Stephen Willis, the host of that show, said that, that, yes, all these talented players are coming in, but the players that are there that are saying, oh, no, my job's on the line. I'm going to be losing my starting spot or some playing time next year. What does that mean for them when there is that second transfer portal window after spring there ball? There it is. How many kids do you think the Rebs are going to lose after spring? I'm guessing it's going to be five to ten. And they'll be good players. Yeah. Yep. Not just not just rotational guys or someone that might see the field on special teams, some good ones. But we'll stick with recruiting here for Penn State. And there's a player in this second. So we had early national signing day. Now we have the later part of it. And Kevin Humes is a defensive back that is very intriguing out of the Maryland area as he reclassifies to the class of 2024, is going to leave a year early from high school. And Montrez Walker, very talented linebacker, decommitted from Michigan. What can Penn State possibly land a li that this linebacker that has shown a lot of interest in Happy Valley, in James Franklin, in Penn State? We'll discuss in just a moment on the other side of this break. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, Hiring simple tools like training questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills, just the right experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That is LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And the Locked On Podcast Network is making history. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Kevin Humes, Montrez Walker are players of interest for Penn State. One, both of them were actually in the class of 2025. Now, one of them is in the class of 2024, trying to sign in this later part for National Signing Day, which happens in the early part of February. Uh, he, let's start with Kevin Humes because this one becomes a little more urgent. 
and Penn State is actually lined up as one of his first visits, his first group of visits, to try to figure this all out in a matter of what, six to eight weeks, really? But that that is his goal, to sign with, for the class of 2024. For Hume's defensive back, St. Francis in Maryland, Penn State's very familiar with St. Francis High School, a lot of talented players. Some might remember Michael Van Buren, for example, quarterback that ended up committing to Penn State, then committing to Oregon, and is now committed to Mississippi State because Oregon went and got not one but two veteran cornerback quarterbacks out of the transfer portal. Again, Brian, we're going back to what we just said in the first segment about, you know, here's what happens with high school recruiting. And Michael Van Buren had to change decisions multiple times here in this case. But besides the point, what I'm getting at is Penn State, even though they have a nice recruiting base in the state of Maryland, for one of the biggest powerhouse schools in that state, Penn State doesn't exactly do well with recruiting players from St. Francis. That's part of the problem with a lot of teams trying to get in there. Like guys have relationships. Michigan's got relationships there, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Hoagie went to Michigan. That's just part of it. NIL is going to be part of that. And sometimes a little bad luck. It's not like James Franklin, you're going to bitch at him about recruiting. Like there's no way he's not putting in effort there. They're trying to get those kids too. Um, I'll complain about Franklin for game day stuff. I ain't going to complain about recruiting. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they could get Humes, maybe that cracks open the door too. Once you get one, real, and he's good. Like he's really, really good. Once you get one guy, what's to say that he he won't help recruit his buddy that was in that class, 25, in the next one? But you got to get the first one. That's always the hardest. Maybe it's Humes, but they're you know going against Syracuse and they got a DB coach as a head coach. That'll be an interesting recruiting battle down the stretch. Humes is a four-star. He's ranked in the top 150, according to rivals, and that's even with the reclassification. He was already really talented and really high up in 2025. But now going a year ahead, he's ranked number third in the state and a top 20 defensive back as well. So uh, five foot eleven uh, looks to be about 175 pounds. That's an easy. He just add, needs to add some weight. Probably get to about 190, 200, and and he can play. He he's got he's got ball skills. And Penn State is his second visit. It's not his first. Brian, guess who? Just take a wild guess as far as which school, which program is his first visit on his list. Uh, I'll tell you, it's Syracuse and Fran Brown. So here we go. Once again, we talked about it. We tried to say, we tried to warn Penn State fans, and Penn State fans were like, no, it's Syracuse. You don't need to worry about them. Fran Brown won't do anything. He'll be there for a few years, and then he'll be on his way out. Well, Humes is going to visit Syracuse first because, like you mentioned, relationships. The first thing he noted was, I have a really great relationship going back to when Fran Brown was at Rutgers. That was Years ago, he's when he's been at Georgia, and now he's the Syracuse head coach. Years ago, he was recruiting Humes as an eighth grader, as a freshman at Rutgers, and look how long that relationship has carried over to now in the present, 2023 going into 2024. That's part of the business, man. Um, you got to recruit kids, eighth and ninth graders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a conversation with a coach earlier today at a high school in Florida, He's got a couple of kids that are going to be sophomores, juniors, et cetera, that are like 10, 700 meter guys. I guarantee a lot of the coaches he talks to already are building relationships with them. They'll find them a place. If you don't do that now, when those kids going into their senior year, you have zero shot. It is about the person wearing the polo, not the name, 
Penn State or Georgia or Florida State, whatever, on the polo that the kid picks almost every single time. Do you think what what is Penn State's standing with with Humes? Yes, that's good that it's going it's Syracuse and then Penn State. He also has he wants to line up visits to Georgia and Notre Dame, but nothing is official as of right now. And Penn State was in his top five when he released one for the class of 2025. And now everything's been accelerated. Can Penn State land another defensive back late in this class of 2024? If they get him on campus, they can. Again, I won't, especially with an East Coast kid. Franklin's a heck of a recruiter, and they prioritized Maryland for as long as I've been alive yep. uh, before Franklin yep. for sure. I would only worry about one thing. Fran is a really good recruiter. He's going to do everything he can to eliminate all other visits. That's why he yep. wanted the first one. Usually guys want the first or the last. Uh, Penn State just needs to get through that first visit, and then we'll see. Um, I'd imagine he'll take multiple because his recruiting process is shorter. I'd rather have the last visit, whoever that ends up being, closer to signing day, which is 7th of February. Let's go back to the class of 2025. Mantrez Walker, linebacker out of the state of Georgia. So he should be at the Peach Bowl, or at least he should make an attempt to try to go to the Peach Bowl, was committed to Michigan and then decommitted uh, or in the in the part of the fall for, for 2023. And his last visit was an unofficial visit to Penn State. Now, I was concerned with the change at defensive coordinator because he taught he's go go to his social media. And he, he tells you where what he's interested in, what coaches he's connected with. And it was Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz, Penn State. Sure. Well, Manny Diaz left. So it's like, OK, is is Walker still going to be interested in Penn State with this coach? But James Franklin said it on early National Signing Day in his press conference. Commit to Penn State. Commit to me. Just understand that I'm going to have assistant coaches that are going to move on and go to different programs. It's just the reality. And now Mantrez Walker is interested in Penn State, James Franklin, and Tom Allen. So it seems like Penn State, with what they've been able to, this this recruiting job, for Walker specifically, I've been really impressed with because he's from the state of Georgia. He's a four-star linebacker, according to Rivals. He's had interest from all over the country, was committed to Michigan at one point, and it seems like Penn State's really made an impression on him. He plays at Buford. That's a great program. That's a school everybody in the that recruits the South. They're going to stop by Buford. It's about an hour from the Atlanta airport. Um, look, that's a program you always want to go by. So it'd be nice to take away a player that goes to, you know, was at least at one point going to go to a school that beats you most mm -hmm. of the time too. Yeah. And he's going to have the Georgias and Tennessees and Auburns and all those yep. schools after him. He, he's, I mean, he's a big time player. So it's interesting that he's looking, or maybe he's just one of those kids that wants to kind of go in a different direction. Instead yeah. of just going to an SEC school like Tennessee or South Carolina or something, mm -hmm. good for him. But, yeah, that kid can flat out play. So Penn State would definitely improve their roster if he, he came to Happy Valley. I would describe Walker as a thumper. He's listed at six foot, 220 pounds. I imagine yeah. if if the weight it doesn't take away from his speed and athleticism, I, I view him as a true Mike linebacker to say that He's, he's projected to wear the next number 11 and be all over the football field. I feel like he's a smart captain of the defense. And who's calling the plays for that defense on the field? It's the Mike linebacker, the middle linebacker. And I think that's what he would project to be at Penn State or and, and really anywhere. I think he could play Will, and I think he could play okay. a lot of other spots too. Uh, just, he's just an athlete. But your point about being a thumper, especially with being a Buford kid, he's going to be a guy mm -hmm. that is probably a little more school. 
than some others. And I wonder if that's part of what Penn State's trying to do. Because, I mean, they might have had the best defense in the country this year. I I, I love their what they did. I, I'm sure you do, too, as a Penn State fan. Mm-hmm. And I just think they're trying to get Georgia kids to kind of kind of go along with the Florida stuff. So it would have been a little harder to get Georgia kids. I mean, Kirby Smart makes it that way. Yeah. But I think this is part of a mission more than anything else. Not just Montrez. I think this is part of a mission with what Franklin's trying to do. It's very broad. I know my answer, but that's what this is about. And if you make a splash with a kid at Buford, it's going to help your program. Let's talk some Peach Bowl next. It is, it is game week, Penn State versus Ole Miss. What is the recruiting impact of this game? Penn State's actually had a lot of recruits down in just that area visit and say now they can't officially host them, but they've had some more unofficial visits in this case to get players to see Penn State, the practices, and what they do. We'll discuss that in just a moment here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, and right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team simply wins. Any and every team, all they got to do is win. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And right now, Penn State has moved from a three-and-a-half-point favorite to a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Ole Miss Rebels. If you like that line, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and keep playing along with college football. Keep playing along with NFL. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And remember to subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not already, become an everydayer. Show some, show some love to Brian. Support his channels. He's the host of Locked On Seminoles. Go check out that channel on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts, as well as all Hurricanes, where he is the publisher, keeping up with Miami of Florida. Penn State, Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl. Brian, I'm interested to get your perspective, your pick for this game, as well as what it does to recruiting for high school football and the transfer portal, since this is now uh, this is all encompassing here. But the Peach Bowl itself, aside from a win or a loss, what can this do for Penn State and its recruiting efforts? I'm just going to say this once. and I know I'm speaking for probably 99.9% of Penn State fans. For the love of mankind, unshackle Drew Hour. For the love of mankind. Okay. And part of it, he has to do it himself, too. Yeah. If you, if a kid breaks free, that's great. But sometimes you got to throw him open. He has a howitzer. If you're going to throw a pick that's not going to go well, do it in the bowl game. Make some throws down the field. I know the receivers have not been exemplary. I yeah. get it. Positivity in the passing game, though, is what Penn State fans want to see. Hell, it's what I want to see. I'm not a Penn State fan, but I've seen our up close from 10 feet away throw a ton of passes at a seven-on-seven yeah. camp, and I'm like, holy moly. And I'm like, this is pedestrian compared to what he can do. Can we please get some down-the-field passing for this bowl game? I don't care if they lose. I just want to see that. I think a lot of Penn State fans, I mean, they want them to win, but they're probably more interested in that than anything else. Am I wrong or no? I think you're absolutely spot on. And then when you take it from the recruiting angle, that makes it a little more appealing to not only wide receivers that say like, okay, whoa, Drew Aller is the real deal. He's not a shell of himself or Penn State isn't trying to hinder his development here. They're actually trying to push him forward. But that's also a message 
the future quarterbacks. I know they have Ethan Grunkmeyer. I know they have Bo Fribula waiting in the wings, and I'm not discrediting Jackson Smolik. I'll group him in here too because they've all, other than Bo Fribula, those two guys were at the Elite 11 camp. But you talk about 2026, 2027. You got to think long-term here. Those court 2025 as well. Penn State is still after four-star, five-star quarterbacks. And if you want a chance when you are in front of, uh, millions of people are going to be watching this game and they see Drew Aller sling the football against an Ole Miss SEC team, that's what helps recruiting. Not necessarily, even if they lose by a field goal or anything like that. I like Penn State in this game. I think Penn State wins a close one by a field goal, 27 to 24. But for Penn State, that's how you help recruiting. All those things that the naysayers say that Penn State can't throw the football, well, prove them wrong against an SEC team. Here's your chance, in, and this is kind of going against what I said a minute ago, but they got to be able in the first part of the game, I mean, like the first five, 10 minutes, yep. their backfield is loaded. It's yep. a top five backfield in the country, I think, conservatively, especially the first two guys. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to get loose, and that means you got your guys up front. Ole Miss is a decent defense, but they're not exactly the 85 Chicago Bears. Yeah, You want to keep their offense off the field, though. Yeah. Holy cow, can they move the football? And Lane Kiffin, he's a weird guy. He is an elite play caller. He might be the best in college football. You want to keep the ball in your hands, and Drew can take shots when he wants, not because it's third and nine. So they got to run the ball and be very decisive with it. I know that's a really old-school plan, but against Ole Miss – you're not going to score 51 and beat them 51 to 49. That's not a good Penn State plan for this game. So I, I, I like Penn State because of the running backs. I think if they're going to win, though, and then this is a wish, Aller has to hit at least one deep ball. It doesn't have to be a score necessarily, but mm-hmm. a 40 or 50-yard play. If not, Ole Miss will win the football game. Yeah, to keep keep Ole Miss's defense honest. What ultimately <laughs> are you expecting? You think Penn State wins, but what what kind of game are you expecting back and forth? solid defense. I, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be any turnovers in this game because both teams are in the top five of protecting the football. That's why it, sometimes it, it's boring to say this. I don't, I don't know the either player's name. Both teams punters are huge in this game because they're not going to punt <laughs> a lot, but when they do, if they hit a boomer, I mean, you want to pin any chance you get to back up yeah. a great offense back like field position. Cause both these teams can go 80 yards with their offensive line and their skill talent. But Ole Miss, if you give them short field, like you, this is not the day for Penn State's punter to have a bad day. Like that is vital. They, they have to be very sharp there. Again, Lane Kiffin's not going to miss much on play calling. Like he tears up the SEC for the most part outside of Georgia or Bama. So Penn State needs to run the ball, play good special. It's kind of a really old school 1982 yeah. Joe Paterno kind of game plan. I, I think it'll be pretty much, you said 27 24. I'm going to go 28 24. So we're okay. pretty much the same. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. Always appreciate Brian coming on to help out the show and talk some Penn State football recruiting and just recruiting in general with the way the age of college football and where we are with the transfer portal. If you're not already becoming every day or for both shows, Locked On Seminoles and this one, Locked On Nittany Lions. Brian, uh, I hope you're enjoying both season as much as I am and keeping Absolutely. up with it. And as the transfer portal continues to move, so will we. And I can't wait to have you back on the show. Happy New Year, Brian. Thank you very much, sir. I will talk to you very soon.